0: Welcome. Okay, let we're starting over. Click clickety-click. Yeah, go ahead and start it. You just say you just push live video. I do, look. Ah, okay. Testing the connection or making checking sure connection. checking connection. Light the chaos. And podcast. we're live. Alright. Welcome everybody. This is our first ever live and highly experimental Light the Fight podcast.
1: And we're coming at you from the Usain Asylum. <laughs> we were allowed to get out of our straitjackets to be able to do the podcast. We're going to go right back in shortly after. But this is going to be a studio someday, and Heidi's going to bedazzle it. It's David make it has look pretty. really
0: high hopes, and so yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Either we're going to go really sophisticated, yeah, how are we gonna decorate or we're going to go like really raw. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what...
1: I'll, let, I'll, let you, I'll I'll let you be figure dabble, that one I'll out. be
0: dazzling it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. So, just so you guys know, hi to you Instagram live folks. As promised, here we are. And Facebook. And we're also we're broadcasting we're Facebook. on Facebook. There's Facebook. So, this is Facebook if you There's Instagram. Uh, yeah. We Kay. simultaneously.
1: Spacebook.
0: <laughs> we're also recording. So, this we're actually going to record an actual real life, honest to goodness, Live the Fight Podcast. Yep. And so um, if everybody could turn off silence. Well, you're there. a producer. Okay, okay. We should be good. If you know, Let us know if anything happens. We're not going to know.
1: Yeah, and, and also hopefully you've noticed a slight increase in our quality and sound the past few episodes since we've been here. We're trying to get the gear all worked out and the echoes worked out. It is um, taking some time. But hopefully it's not as hard to listen to us. I know some of you complain about having to turn up the volume. We apologize. Um, but hopefully this sounds a lot better.
0: So just by way, right now you're actually watching us on my Heidi Swap feeds. And I know that you guys are used to seeing like me mink stuff and add lights to stuff. And make glow, pretty stuff. glow girl. That's my
1: favorite one. You glow
0: girl. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna get you a T-shirt that says that you glow girl. You're gonna love it.
1: I'll I'll, I'll wear it. You <laughs> just give me a really small one. I'll work out in it.
0: So, um, I I just lost my train of thought. Anyway, here we are, as promised. Is it not working? What? Oh. Well, I'm I'm sort of here. <laughs> there you go. go this way. Is Turn this, this, this way. Okay. Is oh, that better? That's that's way oh,
1: i actually think that might work out
0: okay can you, you guys see me let Here us know
1: if you can't see heidi's face <laughs> if you can give us a I, thumbs up
0: see you. Okay. okay
1: good good
0: all right so anyway what i wanted to do even though this isn't a scrapbooking podcast and david is not i'm not teaching david to d- bedazzle anything even though he would really like it i'm down if i would but some people just can't be taught <laughs> <laughs> hey i can write
1: in a memory calendar have I you can been do doing that? that. Of course, I can.
0: Well, I want to see some actual photographic proof.
1: I'll show you some okay. proof.
0: Okay, I want to see. All yeah, right. I love
1: my kids too.
0: <laughs> so here we are. This is David Kozlowski, and if you're not a listener, you haven't followed along. We we've learned in the last podcast that I'm not allowed to call him my therapist.
1: No sin, cardinal sin.
0: David is for legal
1: reasons. I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs>
0: David is a coach, a relationship coach for me. I'm your
1: relationship coach. Yes. Your family's relationship coach for the past three years, but I was Corey, your son's yes. therapist for a time.
0: That's right. So in case this is your first time experiencing like the Fight, what we're doing here is I'm sort of um, laying myself out there with all of my vulnerabilities, mistakes, mishaps, pitfalls. Um all the things that I didn't know that I didn't know. Right. Yeah. And um, then Dave's role here is to actually shed the light. So I'm the, I'm the fight. I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and David is actually the light. And you know, I have to tell you this, that
1: I've I would was... never, <laughs> I would have not have said it that way. However, um, it's, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, it's, it's not entirely. So you true. guys,
0: even today, I was at the dentist because last week I broke a tooth on a pistachio.
1: Well, oh, I thought you were gonna say the story about you ran into someone that knew me from college. Like, don't say no, that. I'm <laughs> don't say that online. No. Okay. No, so good. This is a
0: different <sighs> one. This This oh, is calm. a current one. They don't know your past.
1: Okay. Good. I like this person already. And
0: Go ahead. um, so I was. It's really hard to have a conversation with your dentist. Like I had the two things in the mouth, like trying to numb me, and he's like, "Man, I just love the podcast," and like going on and on about it. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, "Uh huh, uh huh." Did you like, have laughing gas? I did.
1: Ooh, someone's got to record that. Wouldn't you guys like to I see don't Heidi do, I don't do on laughing weird.
0: gas? I don't do anything weird. I just put up with the whole process.
1: Cause yeah, I, I want to see I the have video. Super high Anyways, anxiety. you may proceed. <laughs> I want to see the video for myself to see if you do something weird.
0: Even dentist was like I'm on my second round through the podcast really? episodes. Yes.
1: He didn't tell me this. And he's like
0: this t- well it happened today. Oh okay. And he's like I'm I'm writing notes and he's like man you guys really know what you're talking about and I was like well Dave knows what he's talking about.
1: I but yeah, here's the thing you know what you're talking about too. Here's the
0: thing I think sometimes when you listen to a professional on a podcast talk at you or you know to you. It's hard to relate to the counselor, to the professional. In whatever the field is, maybe it's, you know, plumbing or I don't know what kind of podcast. But cuz they have
1: their own language. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you you, you know, we've talked about this before, you with your strengths, we compete, but with our weaknesses we connect. And so my job or my role here is to for you guys to relate to. Probably you have the same concerns. You probably have the same fears. Probably have maybe not as bad as me, but made some parenting mistakes and you can then relate with me and then together we can kind of go through this journey. So that's why we have this dynamic, not because I'm shedding tons of light, (laughs) I'm just shedding tons of problems.
1: Well, I mean, you've got some serious experience. I think um, it's safe to say that, I, I know I've said this lots of times, so if you're not if you're new to the podcast it won't be a new thing but if you're not new to the podcast i repeat myself a lot but the root of the word relationship is relate and not just moms just anyone that's worried about their teenager can relate to you because you've worried about your teenager the worst case scenario happened and then you have more kids to still worry about so you you're in the fight whether you want to be in the fight still or not it's like you can't tap out you can't like there's you're not in round 12 yet so you're learning on the go And also by you talking about things that you learned in the past and that you're still learning, it makes me think about things that I've learned throughout the years that I just never would talk to someone and say these things out loud if you didn't come in to see me in a private counseling session.
0: Right. So we're actually, like I said, we're actually going to talk about a topic that we have, um, we don't pre-talk about. Anything we don't pre plan this. Well, we decide,
1: we decide here is my what we might want to talk about, and then we just hut hut hike. We just go.
0: That's right. And so, um, I will, I would like to add that in the beginning, when we wrote up like the title and the description of this podcast, it was like, okay, this is going to be to help parents of teenagers who are struggling. That was the intention, and that's kind of I won't say it's your specialty. I don't really know what your specialty is. I think you've got a lot of different things, that, capabilities probably. But one of the things that you do a lot of is working with teens. And that's what I thought the focus was going to be. What was been interesting is that we have a lot of listeners with young kids that are like, oh, this is, I'm changing the way that I'm approaching this. We have a lot of people, in fact, a, a close Um, someone close to me, text me and said, I was listening to this podcast thinking that this was going to help me with my teenager who is struggling, and it's actually helping me in my marriage. And so if I could rewind and say, okay, wait a minute, this isn't a a parenting pitfalls necessarily podcast. It's really a relationship refining, building podcast. And um, to me, if if anybody were to ask me what is the greatest um, thing that any parent can do for a a child who is struggling, anybody, that is to strengthen, build, support, improve the relationship. So that's what we're doing here.
1: Well, it makes sense because if you can get a strong connection and take a, a relationship that even struggling with a teenager, if you can do that with a teenager, you could do it with adults who act like teenagers. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and let's face it, you might be the adult in your relationship, whether it be a friend relationship or a parent relationship, that's being the emotional person that's kind of looking like a teenager at that moment. And a lot of the things that I, I, so I started when I was, when I, back in 1999, late 1998, when I started working with teens, all day long i was working with teens but then their families would come in and then i'd have to because i was working in graduate school so i was like an intern therapist and as a crisis counselor at the same time so during the day as crisis counselor in the afternoons i'd see families with the kids that i was helping throughout the day so i just started to figure out that the same principles apply for all relationships but because teenagers are so Behind in their normal brain development. They just don't think about the future that often or at least not for very long That that's kind of how we are in our most emotional times like we're caught up in the emotion We're struggling we're reacting and it's very teenager-esque So I started counseling adults that were just single male or females in 20s 30s then because I'm a marriage and family therapist I would always counsel couples because they bring their teenager in and then I'd help them their teenager and then one day they'd start to open and up and
0: you'd find out oh and then they're the like hey <laughs> well
1: sometimes the, the real problem was a relationship but then sometimes the what they notice is that the problem with their teenager was a mirror of their relationship and then they would start sharing personal things sometimes dads would come on to me and say hey thanks for helping my son with his pornography addiction and I got this friend that, you know, he's really struggling with pornography too. Like any advice for him? And they're hoping I'll just give him like one thing to say and create a miracle and they'll go away. And then quickly it was obvious that that friend was them. And then the mom would come in and then it would turn into couples counseling, but I never intended to be couples. But that's how it is in any relationship. You trust a person with one thing and then you're like, maybe they could help me out with something else. And all my information that I learned, adults, couples, whatever it may be, it just started in the core of teenagers. And I think that's a big part of it because they're highly emotional And if you can deal with highly emotional situations with someone, you can deal with highly emotional situations with people of all ages.
0: So you kind of said a magic word.
1: I'm talking (laughs) about the man in the mirror.
0: He does it. He he thinks he can sing.
1: No, I know I can't sing, (laughs) but I like to annoy people and bug people. I was the youngest kid in my family, so I love to annoy people.
0: Oh, I love it. So if you didn't catch that clue to our topic. Um, we, the thing that I wanted to discuss is this very psychological, deep psychological subject of how we mirror um, those around us. Our behavior, our relationship. Um, and I kind of got this dropped on me a little bit of, of a bomb and, and this goes back to a while a while ago, maybe a year ago. And David was doing a radio show, invited me to be a guest. And we kind of roundabout after an hour and a half or so, end up kind of exposing this concept that maybe my kids were looking at me, wanting to see something. They, they wanted to look at, at me to see themselves, how I saw them or Anyway, I don't know if I can explain it very good, and so, um, but but I'm gonna start out by talking about an experience that I had.
1: Yeah, this go week. For it. So another dentist experience, right? No, no. Okay, was, I that guess was wrong.
0: Bad, and I gotta go back in two weeks, so we're gonna have we'll talk about that podcast. <laughs> Do we two. have to talk about that on the podcast? <laughs> I'm scared. So Friday was Quincy's birthday. Okay. And so I decided to be the good mom and take donuts in to her drill team. Because these girls are working out far too hard. They need to have donuts to offset that. They need carbs. That's right. Um, because, you know, once you work out really hard, you got to have some... Yeah, they were organic,
1: gotta... <laughs> non-GMO, gluten-free sprinkled, donuts, right?
0: Sprinkled, sprinkled non-GMO. So um, I was there in... I walk into the high school, and it's right as the, the bell is about to happen for first period. And um, so I'm kind of seeing kids coming. They're walking really fast. They're stressed. Probably some of them are going to be late. And they're not really with their friends. This wasn't a casual time in in the hallway. and um, And I'm walking through and I'm looking at kids the way that I would look at people like in the grocery store or at church or anywhere. And nobody is looking at me. Eyes down. Or if there is this glint of an accidental eye contact, it's Sharp no, no smiles, no affirming. Hey, you know, nothing, and I felt really uncomfortable. I felt really uncomfortable in the hallway at the school. Now, granted, I'm old, and you know they could tell that I didn't belong there. And then there was a couple kids that I like recognized from Quincy here and there, and yeah. I'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" And they'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, and and I'd be like, hey, phew. Okay, And then more like mean, like just this weird, uncomfortable feeling. And I thought to myself, this is what people are talking about. Of kind of these high schools that are really big where kids don't know each other. And, um, and then I realized something interesting. So when I drive around my neighborhood or when I'm out front and somebody drives by, whether I know them or not, I wave. Even when I'm at the grocery store or at Costco, I smile and say hi to people, and my kids will be like, "You know that person?" And I'll be like, "No." Well, why did you say hi to him? And I started all of a sudden. I started to realize that my kids think that you got to have a a relationship with someone to say hi to them and to smile at them, and that maybe the reason why there's a discomfort in the school is that people are looking at the other expressions and, and mirroring it. Because I was, I was feeling this weight of, of um, I didn't belong. And I don't, so that could be normal. <laughs> but I, I thought that we could talk about this. And maybe there's, there's a tool here for parents. And for relationships.
1: What about the study?
0: Okay, I could talk about the study.
1: Because um, I think that would give a little bit more info and detail. What what kind of made you want to think about this? Because that was part of what you told me. You said I had this experience this week. I'm like, stop. Let's just talk about it on okay, the podcast. Okay, so but you talk about the study.
0: Okay, so I went. So I was watching um, Liz Karchner. I was watching her Insta stories. And Liz is one of, the, one of my peers, one of the fellow brands at American Crafts. And I've known Liz for a long time. And if you know Liz and you know her husband, um, he calls himself kind of an internet crusader. And he um, has been very vocal about um, cell phones and about the effect that it's having on our society. And I caught a piece of her Insta story of talking about a study that had been done, and this had made an impact on her, and so I did a little bit more research looking for it myself, and it's called the Straight Face Experiment, or Still Face Experiment. And when I went back, it was a Harvard study. The video, if you look it up on YouTube, has 6 million views, so it's widely known. It's 8 years old, and the Harvard guy, the study, said it's the study's actually gone back 20 years, and it's been done on infants. So what they're showing is that if a young infant has anybody in front of them, smiling and laughing and interacting, the baby's excited and interacting and giggling and joyful. And then the mom turned her face and looked back with a completely still face. And the baby, within one to two minutes, the baby is like looking around, wondering what's wrong, exhibiting negative emotions, and then starts crying. So he kind of is talking about infants understanding emotions at that time. But I think that what was happening in um, what I picked up on Liz Karchner's was that as we look at our phones with this very still expression, we're not interacting with the phone. We're letting the phone just interact with us, right? So she was talking about how that's what our kids are seeing is this, still face that creates negative emotion. So the next morning, after I, I think I had seen that on her on her story, which was super short, really made an impact on me. And I'm walking through the school looking at these very still, very solemn faces. Those kids might not be in a bad mood. They're just trying to get to class. But the effect that it had on me was very negative. And I could imagine That's having the same effect on other students. So, what happens if a kid decides to go crazy and smile? Or say hi to somebody they don't know? Or ask somebody for a piece of paper, you know, sitting next to them? Does the the mirror work? Is it a tool? Well, uh, instead of a theory, like,
1: yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, we'll do a, a separate episode on something called the smile experiment, but something that, that I've learned. Um, so a couple of thoughts come to my, my mind right now. Uh, so I can't quote the study right now because I didn't come prepared to who said it, but, or who did the well, study. we're
0: never going to come prepared. <laughs> so maybe show notes. But, but basically, <laughs>
1: if, if you read the, the overall review of the study, it talked about how kids as early as like two, three years old, uh, start to feel like they're in competition for your attention with your phone. And now there's other studies at like Stanford University that um, that goes into social media and and how it's it's taking so much of our attention that it's a different type of interaction and connection. And, and we all know this, right? When, when we talk about, so the, Going back to what Heidi was saying, first of all, something that we talked about a year ago on my radio show was relationships are like mirrors. I think that's pretty easy to understand that. I don't think anybody's going to be... for
0: everybody else except for me. That was...
1: um, was Yeah, I was kind of surprised that you were surprised, (laughs) to be honest, but that's a whole other issue. Um, Super
0: slow at this But
1: when when you hear it like this, relationships are, are like mirrors, we use other people's response and reaction to us to give us an idea where we're at and if we're okay with ourselves. So let's say you're a woman out there and you're um, getting ready to go out and you look towards your girlfriend and you say, how do I look? And if she goes, yeah, yeah, you look really good. And she's trying to say it. Are you listening to, yeah, you look really good. Or you listen to all the body language. It's like, you might want to try to put on something else. Okay. And some friends might be more direct and say, that doesn't look good, whatever. But other friends, they're kind of like, so what you just instantly go, it doesn't fit, right? And then eventually they may, if they're a good friend, they go, yeah, and I didn't want to tell you that. (laughs) And so then you, okay. But you're trusting on the body language, the facial expressions, sometimes the overall, as teenagers say, the vibe, right? You're just trying to vibe it out to see what's going on. If her look, eyebrows, facial expressions, vibe, all say the same thing with her words then there's some confirmation that it's true but if the words and the body language are off you always go with the body language sure. you never <laughs> go with the words so what part of our body language is our facial expressions and so on a different um, for with strangers oftentimes teenagers and people will tell me hey listen I smiled at someone and they didn't smile back it hurt my feelings Made me upset, made me feel rejected. Therefore, their brain says, there's no reward in that exercise. So our brains work off basic reward systems. And if you smile at someone once and they don't smile back, and you're really insecure, really vulnerable at that time, you could easily chalk that up as a life lesson. Don't smile because there's too much of a risk. Now, going back to what you say in school, if you smile at someone and say, hey, can you hand me that piece of paper? I doubt they're going to flip you off. At worst, they're going to put their head down and not pay attention and pretend like they didn't hear you. Oddly enough, if we figure out how to present our feelings in an emotion to make other people feel comfortable when they're in our presence or talking to us, then what we're doing is we're giving them a validation that they're safe, they're okay, we don't want any trouble, we're just trying to connect with them. Nobody is scared of a person who is polite and genuinely just comfortable to be around. Teenagers tell me this all the time. I teach them this thing called the smile experiment. And one of the things that they notice when they come back, they say, it's really interesting. I figured out a couple of things. I go, what's that? I tried smiling in this specific way. Like I said, we'll do a podcast on this. They smile a specific way to make someone feel comfortable instead of trying to get the person's attention. So the law of attraction is not what we think it is when we want people to be attracted to us we do things to get their attention but that's not what makes human beings attractive you know what makes you attractive is if people want to be around you and feel comfortable around you if it was if it was the case that your smile had to have perfect teeth your jawbone structure your hair to be perfect for people to like you no one would ever leave the house Like you could never get all those things perfect or you'd have to spend thousands of dollars at the dentist all the time. (laughs) And so,
0: which is exactly what I'm trying to do.
1: And so what what I found out with the teenagers and what people found out throughout the years by, you know, reading books and studies, we found out that the law of attraction is making people feel comfortable around you. The law of attention is what can I do to make me a person that people are going to recognize and notice. The problem is when you're trying to get noticed and you're trying to get attention, you quickly have to think, what are all the things that could make me not likable and not get their attention? So if you're insecure with your nose for say, uh, for an example, usually when you'll smile, you'll go, you'll try to hide your nose in the smile. For me, I busted teeth in the front of my teeth, long stories, funny stories, but long stories. And it started to deteriorate and had a weird color to it. And so all the pictures, and when I smile at people like this. And guess what? No one knew I was insecure about my teeth until I didn't show my teeth in a smile. And instantly it drew their attention to my insecurity and had the complete opposite effect of what I wanted. When you make other people feel comfortable, you smile, hey, what's up? You could have the busted grill, teeth jacked up. And they're like, didn't Their teeth know. are jacked up, but they're really nice. I'm going to focus on the thing that's attractive and eh, maybe they just can't have the money for it. People will give you the benefit of the doubt and give you excuses because they can relate to you because you made them feel comfortable in the mirror. So if I come up to you and so example, I'm Heidi, I'm walking through high school halls. Teenagers look at me and they're like, Hey, how's it going? And I go, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Dude, check out those pants. Where'd you get those vans? They're like, Oh yeah, I got them. What's your name? And they start having a conversation and they talk for a second, you walk away. They don't know you. But as soon as they find out that you're Quincy's mom, they're like, dude, your mom's cool. I really like her. They don't, you could be the meanest mother in the world. They have <laughs> no you are clue. But you're nice to them. But the mirror that you showed them was a mirror of you're okay. I accept you and I'm going out of my way to make you feel comfortable. And then the person has only one way to respond or two ways to respond either a stare at the seat, stare at the floor and walk away because they just can't handle that good feeling but fortunately about 80 90% of the time people go what yeah do I know you have we met before they're so bewildered and so curious about what is it about you that made them surprisingly feel good about themselves and what it is is you're showing them a mirror of who you see them as their best as, that they're totally okay the way they are, they're more than good enough, as opposed to showing them a mirror like a fun house carnival mirror with like, mm-hmm, where it's all distorted. Because when you look at someone with a blank face, like the study says, and you're just like, they're looking at you going, does not compute. Are they mad? Are they sad? They have no idea where you're you coming
0: respond.
1: from. How can you, fi- their minds are figuring out where they stand with you because you have no facial expression. But if you were angry and upset, And they go, hey, are you okay? You mad at me? And you're like, no, I'm not mad at you. Just, I got mad at my teacher and this and that. They know being angry at them is not likely because they they just walked up to you. So people, it's actually better to show angry, frustrating face in normal interactions. People may not want to be around you, and I'm not suggesting doing this, but if they know you and they actually can say something to you, they'll ask you if you're okay. So they see the mirror as something obviously is going on with them. Now teenagers also tell me the more people they practice this with and the more people they smile at make feel comfortable, people actually smile back to them the exact same way they smile at them. So I have teenagers practice smiling in the mirror in a certain way. And this one girl, she had bangs and a lot of times this happens, you have bangs in your face and she'd flip her bangs and go, hi, how you doing? Like a really kind of bashful, cute smile. And she said, almost every time, Someone would look at her and go, hi, how you doing? And they would tilt their head to the side too. The only thing I, I, I figured out throughout this, and I'm guessing on this, I don't know research about this, is because the mirror, if you don't know what made you feel good, but it made you feel good, it's like, well, I'll just do what they did. Like you just kind of <laughs> copy it back, right? right? It's, like, it's like looking at someone's selfie that has 5,000 likes. It's like, okay, she's got the duck lips. She's posting her, her <laughs> bum up like this, and she's looking cute. It's like I'll just do what she did. Like you don't even know how to do a selfie, but you're just gonna find the people have the likes and copy them. If we do it on social media, why wouldn't we do that in just normal everyday interaction?
0: Well, so let me throw a twist. Like as we talk about, okay, here. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay. See, Hopefully. I want to.
0: Th- I want to throw the mom twist in here.
1: Uh oh, there we go. Now we're getting as, deep. As my, get the as Kleenex. would
0: say, as Quincy would say, <laughs> say the mom goggle situation. So. without fail, moms, we love our kids. Unconditionally, we love them. And we would do anything for them. We are trying to steer them clear of hurt. We're trying to compensate in whatever way. We want them to be happy. We want to give them everything. And so we love them, and we're feeling all the love. But our response to them when they come home from school is, did you do your homework? Is your room clean? Did you... Pick up that mess. Did you pick up your bike? Get your shoes out of here and put them where they go.
1: Or my favorite is resting mom face.
0: <laughs> Which, you know. The teenager
1: them. teenager's words, I'm just quoting it. And she <laughs> said, my mom, because, you know, our if you've heard of RBF, right? Those people out there. Um, ask someone if you don't know what I'm referring to. <laughs> Point is, she said, her, sorry, I just want to answer it. She said, she this goes, isn't my, about my, me. My, my mom's got resting mom face. I go, what does that mean? She goes, you know, it's kind of like RBF, but it's a mom's version of it. So it's like I'm doing things all day long for you, and you're asking me to do one more thing. Right. No. Right. So anyways, you okay. may proceed.
0: So I think that I had an experience, and, and I've shared it before, um, when Colton was quite young, and he had found a journal of mine. And in the journal,
1: it was a pregnancy journal. Okay, good.
0: And in the journal, I had written over and over about how excited I was to meet him and how much I loved him and all these things about me, nine months of my pregnancy and then into a year of his life, just oozing with ad- admiration and love and concern and worry and what I was doing and how much I just loved being a mom. And he read it when he was 13, and he came up to me and after he read it, and he held it up, and he says, you know, Mom... I didn't know you loved me so much, and I was like, "How can you not know how much I love you? I do everything for you. I clean your clothes. I take you." Can you see your her replaces. face right now? Can you see her facial expressions?
1: <laughs> Why would he think she didn't love him?
0: And but that was it. The mom mirror isn't picking up on her heart. It's picking up on the shoes aren't put away. I don't know how many times I've asked this kid. And I made this dinner and you won't even, all you're going to do is complain about it.
1: It goes both ways too. How many times have you moms or parents out there thought that your kids don't love and appreciate you because they're not giving you that mirror?
0: Absolutely. They're not. Because they're giving you attitude. They're not getting up when you wake up. You know, they're not doing anything that says, I love you and I don't want to disappoint you. That mirror is not being shown. But that's what's behind the mirror. And so... That's, I think, one of the problems that we have in this parent-teen relationship.
1: Or relationships in general.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Because your words. You're right.
0: <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Is that there's these mirrors and the mirrors are lying. They're not, or they're not capturing the essence, what's really inside, on, on either side.
1: Well, as I like to say, it sometimes, not always, but sometimes maybe we're not broken. Maybe there's a crack in our mirror. Maybe the person that we're looking at to use as validation if we're okay or not, maybe they had a bad day, AKA the crack. The flaw is coming from their insecurities, their fears, their worries, and they're projecting that onto us. And so we're taking it as if it's ours versus they're not trying to give it to us. It just, unfortunately what we're seeing.
0: Well, and when you're walking down the hall, at the high school and you're looking at kids who seem mad, well, oh, and also,
1: too, say a little bit about this high school. Right now, in real time, right. what's going on? Right.
0: They've There's been another suicide at the high school.
1: And another is how many? Well, seven. Several. Seven.
0: Seven in Harriman.
1: In one calendar, not since January 1, but in the past 365 days, there's been seven of kids that have attended Harriman. One went to Valley afterwards, but seven kids that have attended Harriman have unfortunately passed away to suicide. So... If you have seven kids all from different social groups, chances are even in the largest school in Utah, it's less in some cases than a one degree of separation. It's either in your social group or a one degree of separation. Right. So they're dealing with grief. They're dealing with mixed emotions. They don't know how to feel. And they're looking in mirrors of other people, mixed emotions, don't want to feel. So everybody mirror has different cracks and breaks in it. So I don't blame them for not wanting to make eye contact. No. Because – you can't really fail if you don't try. At least that's what we can tell ourselves. Like I didn't try on that test, so even though I got an F, you know,
0: I didn't even study. Yeah, I
1: didn't even study. But the reality of it is, is what if we do try and we still fail? Yeah. Anyways, go ahead.
0: Well, that, that's just that's just what I felt like I wanted to leave to the to the moms and dads out there that maybe taking the time to listen to us. Um, whether you're here live with us or you're listening to the to the podcast um maybe take a double check and when i had that little wake-up call with colton when he was 13 i was a little offended that what wake-up
1: call you referring to the
0: wake-up call that he wasn't picking up my devotion to him in the fact that i was doing his laundry or making him food or driving him all over wherever he needed to go
1: his mirror showing that it was no big deal
0: or, exactly it, or it was my obligation. It was my obligation. That doesn't count yeah. as love. Yeah. Right? Because love is softness and forgiveness and acceptance. And it was hard for me to accept that the shoes never got put away, ever. You know? So it's a different podcast. <laughs> so I think that, um, number one, I took, I took a chance to talk to my kids about watching their own RBF or like you watch your RBF, I'll watch mine or whatever it is, you know, giving them that permission or that challenge to look at somebody and smile even though you don't know them and that's okay. Doesn't mean you're going to marry him, or that you want them to ask you to prom or that you're cheating on somebody's property or you know whatever that I think that threat exists um the second scope of that is that I was going to make sure that when I'm in the grocery store or the gas station or church or wherever I am that I'm going to model that behavior which I already do and it kind of words them out but I I do it and then third do I make sure that I follow up that you know pick up your shoes with oh you're you're looking cute you know or great job on that or thanks for helping me out or you know I'm sorry I'm always harping on this or whatever that little adjustment is to my mirror so that that's not only what they're seeing when they look at me is my critical eye because man I am
1: And you can experiment. I'll I'll give you guys some tools to to try, but you can, what Heidi was just talking about, you can experiment with it. Um, Teenagers, they're really good at disrupting things. Fact. Yep. We can get better as parents disrupting our normal um, body language, facial expressions and our normal approach to a difficult situation. So for example, a mother, one time she came into her room uh, or not her room, but her kid's room and it was cleaned. So, she went up to her kid, and she said, oh, wow, a miracle just happened. And he's like, what, what? He didn't, she didn't know that, like, he was really angry and frustrated. And he even told me, he's like, I cleaned my room all night long because I was so angry. and actually made me feel good afterwards. So for him, it was one of those things. start on anger, and then he's, like, halfway through it. I'm like, I actually vacuumed my room. I fold my – what the – it took anger. <laughs> like, he was in a total, like, ugh, to do it, right? And so he's feeling good about it, and the next morning – she started being a smart-ass about it. She was like, oh, miracle happened. This and that, Moses parted the Red Sea, but you cleaned your room now. Like, she, And he was just like, and he was bummed out. In her mind, no, grant she's not a bad mom. In her mind, it was like, he finally did what I want to do. He's been laughing at me because I'm always on him and call him nagging. So now it's my chance to take a shot at him. I would do
0: the exact same thing.
1: So it's really important to know that criticizing someone when they're making mistakes, is actually not half as harmful as criticizing someone when they're putting out effort and really trying and they just had to win. So if they do something good and then poking at it and picking out the details that they didn't do good, you just made them feel like poo poo, okay? (laughs) So the mom, we had a little talk, She's like, I failed. It was one of her Heidi Swap moments. I'm going to call it Heidi Swap was like, I'm not getting the mother of the year for any year. And she broke down and cried because her kid actually in a counseling session said, Mom, that hurt my feelings. And oh, she was like, Great. I've been reading all these self-help books. And then I do this, the chance he actually tried. By the way, I don't think he'd ever cleaned his room. So this was a big deal. It was a miracle. She just didn't have to call it that. And so we I pulled it back, said, Hey, you made a mistake. Let's make up for it. So I go, another opportunity is going to come because he was doing better. I go, another opportunity is going to come where he's going to do something. I want you to try something different. But here's what she did. It was picking up clothes, taking the laundry. Apparently, he didn't know that the laundry goes from the laundry room to his room by someone taking it there. I don't know (laughs) if he thought angels or doves put it there, but it just showed up every day.
0: My kids have the same question. So I
1: told him, don't give up on this. I go, I go, trip your mom out. If you wanna give her a really healthy guilt trip, I said, do your laundry tomorrow on top of just what happened and see if she tries it. So he believed me, so he tried it. So the mom did this. She walks in, sees the laundry's done. She's like, this is ridiculous. I can't stand this anymore. I'm not gonna put up with this at all. How dare you do your laundry? How dare you make me happy? And dang it, now I feel guilty because I didn't even do my own laundry. So thanks for being an example to me. And she walked away. And he just sat there and kind of smiled. He got the joke. She's like, I'm not good at joking. Because she didn't practice it. She was so scared to say the wrong thing that when she finally said something brave, she said, it's a miracle. Even Moses part of the Red Sea didn't compare to this. She just tried to be funny, but she missed. So now she was funny and she made it. And then she started to play around with some humor. She was like, you know, you know what? You know who didn't clean the dishes tonight? Whose night is it? And everybody's like, what's going on? She's like, it's my night. I didn't clean the dishes. I'm sorry. And She started doing it. Real big miracle happened. All three of her kids started to help her.
0: That would be a
1: miracle. But it wasn't a miracle because she said, I'm going to mirror for you that it's okay to make a mistake and just keep on going. Right.
0: And got on the same page with them, yep. which we've talked about a lot, which is which – that is where the miracles happen is on the same page. <laughs> so you
1: want me to give you – you guys want to try a little tool?
0: Okay, let's By the
1: start. way, this is something that I've been really trying to get Heidi to do for years. And to the best of my knowledge, she still avoided it. And I'll tell you why I think she's avoided or maybe you could just magically guess. So a long time ago, I came up with this crazy idea that instead of writing down your thoughts and feelings and emotions and sharing on paper, I'm which super, is very good. I'm Don't super scared about this. Journaling and diarying, it's a powerful expression and you take the time and you get to write about your feelings and this and that and the other. But I found out that there's something that's even a little bit more honest and you can learn even more. So basically I call it journaling on steroids. This is called a video journal.
0: Oh yeah, you have tried to get me to do this.
1: She does not wanna do it. Okay, let me tell you how we do it on time. I'll try to make this really quick. You ever heard of something they call that says the camera doesn't lie?
0: I want you to know that I did this once and it was really scary.
1: That's why she didn't do it again. Don't listen to her. Listen <laughs> to me. Focus, focus. Right here. Right here. Okay. Or right here. Wherever. So one time ago, I stumbled across this and I'm like, man, I want to see if this really works. So what I did was I took out my cell phone and I pulled up my cell phone. And I press record and I put it on like a little shelf in my office and I'm like, okay, I'm going to journal about how I'm feeling because I was going through some personal stuff, struggling, and I just wanted to see if I can counsel myself. So I did two video journals in a couple days, but I didn't have a chance to go back and watch it. And then a few days later, I went back and watched it. I pushed the, the play button and watched the first video journal. Let me give you an example of how my video journal was. Now, you see me talking, joking around, and acting like a jackass, right? Here's how my video journal was. I would like to share uh, some feelings that I'm having right now. (laughs) And I was like talking as if important people were going to listen, as if I was going to inspire the world with every word that I said. And when I watched this, I went, it was like, who the heck? It was the fakest version of myself that I had ever seen with my own eyes. And instantly my brain said, I wouldn't hang out with you, dude. You're not cool. You're pretending to be cool and you're trying to use big words. And I think you used a couple of them wrong. (laughs) I don't even think you like said it right. I'm like, dude, what the hell? And so I watched the second one. It was more of the same stuff. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Trying to act all cool and talk and be... Chris Mack. I don't know what the heck I was doing, but I thought to myself, if I was like that as a counselor for my clients, nobody would come back. I was fake, but I had to see that I was fake. I needed to see that I was full of crap. And so I erased most of the videos. I said, dang it. I'm like, how do I be me in a video? Because obviously as soon as the camera comes on, my brain goes, go into PR mode. So it was my Public relations representative that was speaking at that moment for me. <laughs> and I don't like my public relations representative because he's fake. So, fortunately for me, I waited a little while and something really stressful happened. A family called me up. They said, Hey, um, our son just died in a boating accident, five years old, today. We don't know what to do, but um, we want you to come over. And we're only gonna have about 50 60 people at our house and we want you to do like a group a group grieving counseling for everybody and you just show us how to grieve because nobody even knows how to feel right now and i just went i've done it for five people once and i've kind of had some ideas and i was like yes i'll do it what am i gonna do say no like they trusted me i was really close to the family i've worked with them different types of stuff so I'm about to go down there to talk to these people and I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't know if I'm this good. I was really scared. Like all my confidence. I'm like, ah, I can help out people gone out the window and something popped in my mind. Pull out your cell phone and press record in my car about to drive down there, put my cell phone up there, press record. And as I started talking, I was like, I mean, I was shaking, I was nervous, and I started talking, I started talking, I started talking, I started talking, and then all of a sudden I started talking about my unborn son. What does my unborn son have to do with this little boy who just passed away? I had been having a lot of anxiety about, I called a couple counselors trying to find someone to counsel me because there was this story playing in my head. At the time, I didn't even know who my biological dad was. At the time, everyone was telling me, oh my gosh, you're going to have a son. As soon as I found out I was going to have a son, it was like, you're going to be a great dad, this and that. And people were like talking me up as if I was already dad of the year for the first 10 years of his life. And here's what I thought. I don't even know my dad. I'm a bastard by definition. Maybe other people think I'm a bastard, but by definition, I was actually a bastard. Didn't know who my father was. And I'm sitting there going,
0: I think he's the only one How can,
1: can I help that. a dad grieve the death of his son and how can I help people that are telling me I'm going to be a great dad when I don't even know my dad and secretly I know too much about the father-son relationship and what if I know so much and I still blow it? I got no excuse. I got no excuses. I counsel people all the time with father-son relationships and if I screw up, I'm a real failure. So here's what happened. I kept on talking, kept on talking. I broke down, started crying. And then me about my son came out and I started saying, son, I'm gonna share this with you someday so that you know I am not perfect. And in my mind, I just started to figure things out. And then next thing you know, I looked at the video and I said, the pit of anxiety went away and now I'm anxious to do it instead of scared that I can. From the 20 minute drive from where I was at my office parking lot to the time I got to the house, I formulated a plan that worked so good in this grieving situation. I drew from when I visited my family in Samoa, uh, they do these family gatherings there They I took parts of that other grieving things and I went there and I did it and Everybody afterwards I i this is how I describe it while we're all together in the living room I felt as if like the floor was levitating. I was like whoa, 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 whoa. And I was sitting there going I've never felt anything like this This is some trippy spiritual hippie weird stuff going on here and everybody afterwards was like, whoa People started to share how they felt. They started talking about their own, I wish I would have done this. They started sharing their insecurities and everybody just kind of leveled up in the grieving for that moment. Well, I went back and watched that video. I came home. I did a video after the fact and then I figured out what it is. These videos show you the things that you don't get to see and they help you go from critic to best friend because as a critic, you're going to look at your insecurities. I didn't like, oh, by the way, in the video, when I looked at it, I'm like, I thought I was younger. I'm like, last time I remembered, I was still playing football in college and I was forever 21. I'm like, I'm old. I got wrinkles. I'm not where I want to be. But as I kept on talking, all of a sudden, all my insecurities started to melt away. And I actually had empathy for myself as I wink at Heidi. I started to see
0: Something
1: that, that if you are your own worst critic, when you're in a bad, struggling, stressful situation, the opposite is true when you're in the zone and at your best optimized self. You're your counselor, you're your best coach, and most importantly, you're your best friend. So when people have done the, I've had people, I want to get into how many crazy experiences people have had, but a lot of people start off with saying, I hate these videos, some of the videos they'll pull up the video and they're flipping me off to start the video. I'm like, what is this? They're like, I hate that you're making me do this. I mean, it's a joking thing, but they count how many times they flip their hair. They count how many times they do insecurity things. Sometimes their first videos, people have sunglasses on. I'm like, what do you have sunglasses on inside? What are you, a Hollywood star? And then the second or third video, the sunglasses come off. They stop flipping their hair. They start talking to their best self. They face all their insecurities. I've had people do have a panic attack, flip on the phone and start recording, which they thought is insane to tell them, I go report your panic attack. They're like, no, I don't want to watch myself have a panic attack. And then after having a, after watching themselves have it, watch it subside when they talked about it, they realize it's real and it's not real. So if you want to have a better mirror and be a better example to your children and you want to see what they're seeing, I dare you take your phone. Put it on airplane mode. Do not do selfie mode, by the way. If you do selfie mode where you're watching yourself talking, it'll take you forever to figure this out. You can't see yourself while you're talking. Well, that's
0: probably what you didn't explain to me.
1: Oh, I'm I'm sure I didn't explain that. (laughs) Very important, most important detail. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, but it's important to not see yourself while you're talking, then go back. Mm -hmm. But what's gonna happen? It's gonna shift and unlock something. You're going to have a conversation with yourself. You're going to go, here's my stress. Here's my problem. You're going to start doing the video journals. You get better at them. You're going, oh, that's not my problem at all. It turns out all this. My problem was I was scared I wasn't going to be a good son, a good father for my son. And the anxiety with them asking me to do the grief counseling just took it to a whole another level. I was already fearful. I was already scared. So I know we're running short on the, the live feed. So what do you think about that? You think you're ever going to try the video journaling? I
0: don't. We're like now we're like building into our shame versus guilt as we know. <laughs> Wait, did you just say Plus, you don't know? Our sort of vulnerability. She's avoiding the question. Where well, I I feel like you're just you're you're really trying to challenge me.
1: <laughs> you just said you're the experiment, right? Didn't she not say that in the beginning of the podcast? No, I, I, I
0: don't even like to watch my crafting videos.
1: Yeah, you'll hate a lot of things about yourself, and if you keep on going. You'll see exactly what I'm saying.
0: But I do think that...
1: How can you not show your cracks to someone else in a mirror if you're not even facing where your cracks are at?
0: Yeah. I mean, I see the value. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't see the value.
1: I, I could have sworn in one episode she so said she's to. a slow learner. <laughs> I think it might be instead of a slow learner is resistance.
0: I've admitted that. I, I'm open. I'm open to my resistance. <laughs> well, all right. We're going to take that.
1: They're gonna do it. You're gonna think about it. There you go. How's that sound?
0: Um, with that, though. Thank how much you. Time, how are we
1: doing on time? We, okay, good. Good. Good.
0: I'm just gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up. Because I feel like wrap I'm being it up. Put on the spot, and I'm choosing not to be. I'm choosing not to make a commitment. Why
1: don't you go listen to our episode on shame?
0: <laughs> well, I have that one memorized, actually. Boom, boom. Interestingly enough. Um, thank you guys for hanging in. Yes. Here. Thank you
1: very much for. I, what are we like? Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know they're watching us in our non bedazzled studio when I I didn't even dress up you know but we're I know it's my idea that, It is. This was yeah this
1: idea. was her idea we knew we were gonna do this right when she said let's do it
0: <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us we would love for you guys to um, come over to our like the fight page on Facebook and on Instagram and um, we would love for you to David doesn't care if you start at the beginning I like people to start at the beginning because it makes more sense.
1: Well, it's best if you start at the beginning, but they don't have to. So I work with teenagers. You tell them they have to do something. Yeah, there might be a couple of adults out there that still have a little teenage habits.
0: I could be, could be. Anyway, thank you for joining us, and um, I'm not going to tell you what I hope, <laughs> which is you know you gotta you gotta listen to past episodes to understand why I was shamed out of that.
1: <laughs> reminded.
0: Um, anyway, so with that, we better, we'll, we're better. we going to close out this episode and um, say see you later.
1: Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for watching, listening, and have a good one. High five. <laughs> Sweet. Perfect. We did high five in real life.
0: <laughs>
1: you don't have to edit that out.
0: You haven't talked to me about the video...
1: I gave up on you. You were so resistant to it. It was ridiculous.
0: I did it, but I think I did it in selfie mode.
1: And I told you to not do it on selfie mode. Oh, that's the reason why. It's like a teenager's (laughs) like, hey, don't use this cleaner. Don't use this cleaner because it's going to ruin it, and they use it anyways. You're like, were you not listening to what I just said? It's
0: hard. Yeah, it's safe. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's
0: a new, that's a new have you done it? I have like 12, 15, 16 months this one along. I started doing
1: it. Young kids do it so much faster. The adults always struggle. Like, same thing with smile experiment and video journaling. Those mirroring, those are two mirroring exercises. Teenagers do it. I've had teenagers about to take their life. No joking. Well, they were feeling suicidal. Maybe they weren't right, actively. Right. And they did a video journal, and then after the video journal, they watched it and were like, oh my gosh. I feel like, That's dude, not- like I am struggling. Like it, like validated them, but it also acknowledged that they were struggling on the wrong thing. Like they were folk, they were hung up on the wrong part. But how can you? It gave people the chance to counsel themselves twenty four hours a day when I wasn't there, and it was actually more effective than me helping them because they were the ones doing it for themselves. So they could have empathy for themselves. So when you're watching the video, you gain. Empathy after you go through your shame and your insecurities, but not before you face it But if your mirror has a bunch of cracks in it You're gonna show that to your kids and you're gonna say be confident be positive be this stuff, but I'm exempt but I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm a hip or crit So that's just what it comes down to you know, it's like if we want to model we got to go first yeah. So when I did this I don't do nothing if it doesn't really work and work 100% of the time. So when I was doing these video journals, once I had that breakthrough, I took notes of what I did and how hard it was. And then as more people did it, then I would take notes on what they did. And so then i tell people, you're gonna want to do this, you're gonna want to do this, but that's not gonna work. And I just started cutting through all the BS and excuses that was stopping people from trying.
0: Are you supposed to do it when you're stressed out?
1: No, highs and lows. You need to record your wins and your losses because our brain can't store that much information. So what we do is we only remember Oh, it wasn't that bad. You're like, no, it was horrible. Don't forget how bad this was. Then on the highs, it's like, I mean, on on like yeah, on, on the lows, it's like, man, I was really struggling. I need to remember what I learned from that struggle because if not, I'm gonna forget it. And the best part about it is those video journals, I'm gonna show my son. I'm gonna put it in front of my daughter, say press play, and I'm gonna walk away. I can't tell them, if they see me when I'm younger, talking about my insecurities and doing that, then they're going to look at it like, wow, yeah, he I, was struggling, I really, will, in real time. I
0: it. will say. Yeah, we can just
1: add this to the extra part of the say podcast. Though, you know how I was telling you After about party. That,
0: you know how I was telling you about that, the journal, like Colton, yeah. the journal. What? Um, It was at a time that he was not a pleasant kid. and
1: One of the most unpleasant <laughs> times. <laughs> I was like. Oh, You're like, was, he wasn't was really that pleasant that. all the time. Yeah. Um,
0: But when he read the journal, he knew I wasn't lying.
1: Because it was real time when he was reading it from the past. Right. He didn't read it. He, he didn't go, oh, my mom wrote this today to make me try you know, to feel and, better.
0: And then he was born, had this birth defect, and I was like, I don't even care. I don't even – it's like I don't even see it. Yeah. And I think that he was like th- – that was the thing he – he saw that I really loved him. I didn't have to say those things. I have to keep that journal. I wasn't trying to prove anything. And I think that that's why it was so surprising to him. But what was interesting is after he read the journal, and we had that little interaction, and I really did say, what are you talking about? I do everything for you. Yeah. Um, he started saying thank you to me. And he started hugging me, and he started telling me that he loved me. There was like a, an actual turning point because I, for the first time in his life, he actually believed that I did love him. But it had to come not from my mouth of trying to be obligatory or prove something to him or in the heat of battle.
1: There's no agenda. There's no intent. You got to win because he stumbled across it. But how do we recreate more pleasurable experiences like that? scrapbooking. The only
0: answer is scrapbooking. You have to, to, your kids have to be all asleep when you're actually taking the beautiful pictures and putting them on the page and writing about them. They cannot be involved in any way.
1: Why can't you do video booking?
0: I'm resistant. I'm resistant to this idea.
1: I look forward to hearing how it goes when you do
0: it. You're using your Jedi mind tricks on me. It won't work. I know it too much. I know, I know your video, I know your Jedi mind trick.
1: Well, fortunately for me, I know that you have no desire to be better and have self progression, <laughs> so of course you won't try it. If nothing else, out of curiosity.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, somehow we got a little after party into this episode.
1: Yeah. So basically, what happens if you're when you listen to this episode on iTunes or however you listen to the podcast? Um, we did a Facebook, Instagram live video. We only had 60 minutes. That cut it off, and then we kept on talking. Our producer and uh, our other assistant was helping us and saying, you're, we're still recording. I'm like, <laughs> keep it rolling. <laughs> keep it rolling. Real, one, one, one quick thing I want to ask you.
0: He's still trying to convince
1: why me. Why do you think, honestly, why do you think you're so resistant to it?
0: Well, I did it one day. And I was sobbing my brains out. It turned into more of a prayer. Like I felt like I was saying, a pr- I couldn't even talk to myself. I think. I, I don't know. I. I'm not my own best friend. I have a hard time with that. And maybe I'm afraid to. It's easier to go. I found that it was easier to talk to my heavenly father than talk to myself. I'm not sure. I was very uncomfortable, and it was very well. I did it in selfie mode. Clearly, that was the problem. <laughs> and I and I I'm It was sure, uncomfortable. I'm sure that I'm sure that I deleted it.
1: It was uncomfortable, right?
0: Very uncomfortable.
1: And you're definitely more familiar with talking to God.
0: Right, I am.
1: Okay, and you're definitely more familiar with writing. Yes. like journaling, writing things out.
0: Because okay. I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to look at myself. Yeah.
1: So when's the last time you looked at God in the face?
0: Well, not in a long time.
1: <laughs> when's the last time you looked at your journal in the face? We can't. When's the last time you looked at your daughter when she was struggling in the face? A lot. Okay. There's only one way to fix those cracks in the mirror. You have to look in the mirror. I we're in the we're in the sane asylum <laughs> studio. We're gonna have to call this the insane asylum. <laughs> like that can and it's kind of a double meaning since we're across street from the woman's prison. Um, that's a true story, actually. <laughs>
0: Start how do you even start that? Well, it's been a bad day. I mean, I, I don't know. And then, do you stress about like how much storage do you have on your phone?
1: How, how do you start a conversation about um, <laughs>
0: do you like how I'm deflecting? How,
1: how do you start a conversation with um, a kid who's feeling suicidal? Because, I mean, there's nothing at stake, right? If they take their life, it's no big deal. So you don't really have to say anything, right? <laughs> no. The hardest conversation is going to be had when more is at stake. You, my wife, everyone that's like, oh, I'm better at writing and this and that. I want to do the video journal, stuff like that. It is so hard to have that conversation, but so much Your can be at this stake. Video-
0: video journaling
1: no she's just like you she's like I'm better at writing I don't want she gives me the exact same excuses that you give me
0: she and I would never
1: (laughs) no she's like I'm better at writing and then so what I did is when before a daughter was born I wrote like 15 pages in a journal telling my daughter about the mom oldest daughter relationship explaining it to my daughter I mean I bawled my cries out my, my eyes out I probably half it's probably smeared on the page and I said sweetheart told her how much her mom loves her. And then I said, now I'm giving this. So I gave it to my wife for a Christmas present. I said, now I'm giving this journal to your mom and she's going to write in this journal. She's going to talk to you in this journal. She's not writing about you. She's talking to you. And so my wife did it. And then about the same time when I created this whole video journaling thing, I asked my wife to do it. My wife's been really resistant. I think she might do it now because I haven't talked to her about it, but it's something that she's fearful of because she, if she gets up and talks in front of people, she says how she feels, she just starts falling apart and starts crying because she is she feels so much so just like with you just like with anyone who could be resistant to this the fear is that what if you open up a can that you can't close
0: yeah i think that's a good
1: but the result is how do you know it's in there if you don't open it
0: but that's the other thing is that maybe maybe my resistance is i'm not prepared here i like to know the end from the beginning i am one of those people that reads the last page of the book
1: when when did you try this video drilling was it yesterday
0: no it was like <laughs> it was like two years ago
1: Mm-hmm. so heidi swapped two years ago the exact same person today right
0: no actually completely 180 no not 180. so for
1: yeah so fortunately for you you might not have been ready to do it then, and you might be ready to do it now.
0: Okay. 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 Something's It'd be funny. a cool episode. You Maybe. can come back like,
1: I'm not saying David is right.
0: <laughs> do you have a timeshare condo that you want to sell me too? <laughs> or what?
1: <laughs> well, <I> t- <laughs> a little inside job. <laughs> I, I will just say this. I'm not, I was being sarcastic before, and I asked you that a very honest, sincere question. We're always talking, you're trying to figure out things. Yeah, I am. And when you figure out things, you normally take a process where you're like, I have a thought, and let me talk it out. Let me call Dave, and we'll talk about it, do a podcast, have conversations about it. And you seem to be really comfortable in a very round robin, slowly circling the issue, and then eventually you get to an approach but with the influence that you have right now in this podcast, I think you can't take that long anymore. I think you need to update your app. I think you need to challenge yourself that if this many people are influenced by what you're saying, that maybe you need to cut through a lot of your normal process that you used to do. Because if you take longer to figure something out, it's almost like you're slowly putting your toe in the water to make sure you can handle the temperature. The reality is if you jump in freezing cold water, you'll be fine. You're not gonna die. I'm
0: also not one of the types of people that like to jump in the cold water. I like to ease in even though it's more miserable.
1: Perfect metaphor then. I picked the right one. I didn't even know that, I guess. You just proved my point.
0: So, and I will tell you this week. So, so tomorrow, no, Thursday night, I have to speak um, to a group of parents here in Harriman, where I live. And it's a suicide awareness, suicide prevention event. And I'm scared. And I'm not totally 100% sure what's going to come out of my mouth. And I'm probably... I'm I'm probably in that place where, similar to where you were when you were asked to go and teach people how to grieve. (laughs) Um,
1: I'm not qualified. What the hell am I doing here? (laughs) Because there's,
0: I mean, what do do I say to a room full of parents who are scared that there's no answers? You you know? Um, So, maybe I could try doing
1: that that's really scary well let me share something with you um young woman she's got a drug rehab trying to pull her life together she was about to go apply for her first job job interview and she really wanted this job this job just happened to be what she was interested in she got really lucky that she did a chance she pulled up to the job had a panic attack turned around drove home made an excuse they said all right well you know Try it again. Second time, she went there, put her phone right on the dash of her car, and did a video journal. She told me that the anxiety came up. She addressed it. She talked about it. She realized she's thankful to have a second chance. She's scared to death. And the only way for her to really be recovered is she has to do things that she didn't do when she was an addict. And she wasn't applying for jobs when she was a drug addict. Right. She did the video, turned it around, instantly played it back. It's just like five minutes. Played it back and watched it. And she said she had the spike of confidence, walked in there, and got the job. It completely flipped 180 around because she looked in the mirror and says, my mirror's broken, not me.
0: Here's the thing. Here's the thing that's hard is that – I know from sad experience that you're right most of the time, I mean, you know, like 99.9% of the time.
1: We're not talking about home I, and garden stuff. I, I, so when it comes to this stuff, I, I got a little bit of information, and but.
0: I also know that I am extremely resistant and the things that you're trying to tell me to do are usually the exact opposite of the thing that I want to do or would naturally do. And so.
1: I'm kind of pushing this subject. I can tell. But you brought up the topic, so it's your own <laughs> damn fault. I didn't I don't pick the topics, you do.
0: Right. Okay. So, so I'm going to try it and I'll let you know how it goes.
1: Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Um cuz it will have some sort of effect. It'll do something. Don't be worried that if you do these video journals, you'll get through all your problems. You won't have anything to do a podcast about. <laughs> I think we'll figure yeah, out that, something to talk about. That's my
0: main. I mean, I wasn't gonna say that, but that's that my was main the thing. real reason. they like, probably like I'll be cured.
1: If I get cured and healed too fast, like what are we gonna talk about, dude? <laughs> yeah. So don't worry about that.
0: Okay.
1: But I meant what I said. I so I, I don't expect you to carry the same burden, but this is the burden that I carry. But it's also the burden that I get better at carrying it because the longer I lift it, I just get stronger at it. If I'm scared, like for example, video journal, and I attack that fear, the lessons I learn from going through that fear, I then can turn around and testify to other people that you can have that fear and you can go through it. And then I can tell them how to walk through it. So so many people are listening to you so many people are listening to us but i mean I, I think most people really relate to you because you're the person that had the worst fears so if you take an approach of let me take my time to face my fears how are you going to model and how are you supposed to mirror for someone that their fears are their fears but it's not their fault it's just it's just part of life and they can go through it too so because we're doing the podcast thing this is a video journal, but it's an audio journal. So this is like halfway to the video journal. We talk about our highs. We talk about our lows. We talk about the things that you're not really sure about, but we talk about them anyways. Now guess what? You get to do it for yourself. This is your own personal podcast that you can share with your kids. Cause Quincy, you know, you guys—they're gonna have kids someday, and they're gonna hear you say things like this, and that, and the other. But if they watch you as a mother going through it when you went through it, it's so much more powerful.
0: So do you like sit and think about what you're gonna say before you do the the video?
1: Podcast? You would, but you're not <laughs> supposed to. Okay.
0: You don't have an outline.
1: No, you have to practice just freestyling. So if you put on the the camera and you say. Start eight Captain's Log, uh, I'm Heidi Swap and today, ate oatmeal for breakfast. And then I proceeded to go to my first meeting. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people start like a report of the day. But if you weigh in on like, here's my Wednesday, here's my highs, you start talking about it, that can also lead you to recognizing some of your lows. And then when you start talking about your lows, then you start realizing maybe my low was a high, and maybe my high was that I actually faced a low. I don't know. So you get to actually be looking at your own mirror because nobody follows you with the camera around all day long recording everything. So it helps your brain recall the things that you learn that you need to keep and the things that you've been believing that you need to get rid of because it's not effective way to think about yourself anymore. And these, I'm just the things I've said today are like 10 of the 100 things that people have told me back that they got value out of. But I'm telling you, everyone who's listening, it sucks at first. You won't like it. And everyone that comes back says, oh, it was really easy. I'm like, pull up your video. Let me determine if that was really (laughs) easy. I'm like, so that was easy by you just talking in circles and babbling? and Like, well, it was easy because I didn't get deep. I go, oh, so you need to do it again. And you need to do it again. Fortunately for me, my telling them, and I'm so persistent in it, comes from, I experienced it. It works for other people. So I don't back down. If you're ready and you're right for it, I'll tell you, you don't have to do it, but if you do it, you'll get to where you want to be a whole lot faster.
0: Which would be good this week.
1: (laughs) Before Thursday night. I would, I would follow the same thing I did. I do a video sometime that day before and then do a video before you go to bed at night. Do the the before and after video, okay. And then we'll do a Facebook Live and play your video for all of our listeners oh, and the an Instagram Live. So can someone do? Does anyone have her passwords or phone? Can we get in there and take that? and that
0: is We would not do that. That is hilarious.
1: Ooh, yeah, Quincy can get us. The,
0: she is. A, yeah, she is. If Quincy
1: shows up with a brand new car, we'll know how she got that. Right. <laughs>
0: All right, I think we better close this up before I agree to anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys. That's it tonight for the unexpected topic of video journaling and um, selling timeshare contents.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and just a quick little reminder. I didn't say this in the beginning, but um, you know, I, I'm thankful to give suggestions and ideas. That's exactly what this is, but... Because I'm a licensed therapist, I just want to remind everybody out there: I'm not trying to give you therapy. I'm not specific. Even when we weigh in on your questions, I just want to share with Heidi, with you guys, some things that have worked for other people, and maybe you got to tweak it for yourself. So I'm not trying to give you therapy, and I'm not your licensed mental professional. I'm just a guy who cares.
0: And maybe don't rate this podcast if you're feeling comfortable right now okay Heidi all right
1: everything she's saying turn turn off her mic no I'm just kidding all right you guys thank you so much thanks for everybody that watched on the Instagram and Facebook live feed thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast and until next time
0: Heidi over and out